You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? (laughs) We've got The Cure, three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. (laughs) New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil. I'm here with Jeff and Ken. How are you both today? Hello, Neil. We got a very special one today. Indeed. Really looking and, forward and to this one. we don't just mean that like special like we always say it. That's true. Because every day is a special day, but yeah. today is a, an extra special day. Matt isn't here, unfortunately, but he sends his best Which wishes. Which is why it's so special. That's right. <laughs> uh, just kidding, Matt. We love you. Um, today, we're so excited to be here. Um, we've been asked by our good friend Jay Borsum to help with a special streamathon. Uh, for just a wonderful business. And I just want to tell a little bit about that business uh, before we introduce Jay. Um, it's called Critical Grind Board Game Cafe in Shorewood, Illinois, in our, our hometown of uh, the Illinois Chicagoland area. And it's the only board game uh, cafe of its kind. Ken, I saw they have a one-piece game you can play over there, one-piece night. Um, and they have 600 board games. They're growing. Uh, they have a library, library of all of them available to play uh, at the cafe for free or for purchase or rent to bring it home, created by Dana Buxbaum and Sean Tennant. Uh, this uh, was a board game company uh, started in 2018. They host pop-up gaming events at breweries, libraries, employee engagement events, as well as various exciting events hosted at the cafe. Uh, you can play role-playing games there, trading card games, trivia nights. Jeff, you can go play Magic there. We know you love, you love Magic. Uh, and they also have a menu of coffee, tea, and smoothies, refreshers, all that good stuff. And you can even have uh, chaos toast, which means you roll for the type of toast you get on a, Ooh, on a dice. I like it. Um, so you can find Critical Grind Board Game Cafe at 852 Sharp Drive in Shorewood, Illinois. Uh, or you can go to criticalgrind.com or if you're on socials, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at Critical Grind. Um, so please check them out. We're so excited to be here. We, we wrote a special game. This is a live game that we're going to be playing. We're going to introduce our guests. But first, uh, let's introduce our friend Jay Borsum to tell us a little bit more about what we're doing today. Oh, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me and uh, for a crazy, unprecedented 10th appearance on the podcast, Neil. You need better guests <laughs> and hosts and friends at this point. Um, but yeah, I'm sitting here live right now in the far back corner of Critical Grind Cafe, again, in beautiful Shorewood, Illinois. If you're in the area, I'm going to be here until 11 p.m. This is the second of seven consecutive scheduled trivia events we have on tap. Uh, very, very pleased to be able to reach out to uh, some of the best podcasters in the industry uh, to bring you in for a little bit. Um, I have 15 teams both here and online on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash liquid underscore courage. That is courage with a K, by the way. Uh, ready to play in tonight's game. But uh, that that's 
that's not what people are going to hear in the recording. So, Neil, why don't you tell us who people are actually going to hear uh, playing this game? Well, thank you for that segue. Uh, our first guest that we're going to be having playing uh, solo today is our friend Marcus Ellis, a Savage Superstar on Patreon, coming to us from Washington. How's it going, Marcus? It is going fantastic. I appreciate all of you, and thank you for having me. Of course. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you feel going up against 15 teams. Um, I'll start with that part of it. I'm terrified. That's uh, <laughs> that's a lot of pressure, and I'm the consequences kinda dumb, are high so... for this one too. Just saying. So right, know. right. So you know what? Actually, I I'm gonna change that around. I feel great because I'm gonna you know really um, make people feel good about themselves uh, today. <laughs> At least 15 teams worth of, worth of people. But um, yeah, I'm uh, from the Seattle area, and I co-host a sports trivia podcast, and that's why. You're all going to feel great because this isn't sports and I'm going to do my best. But uh, yes, um, I'll plug that later, I guess. That sounds good. And uh, as you've messaged us before, uh, the winning team gets your house or something, I think, right? Is that you're giving up the rights the deed? <laughs> yeah. Yep. House is on the line. I'll, I will be outside on the street if this doesn't go well. Awesome. Uh, well, our next guest, uh, you've heard him on the show. Uh, we affectionately call him the Bone Doctor. Uh, he's a rules guy impersonator on Patreon coming to us uh, from Michigan. Chase Ansock, how are you, Chase? I'm doing great. Thank you guys so much for having me. Of course. Uh, the funny you... thing is no consequences for Chase, right? No, that's true. Chase, Chase... Chase can only win. Right. Chase can only win because he is contractually <laughs> obligated to fix our bones. We don't want to offend him. So he, he you know puts our bones in the wrong place. So uh, yeah, Chase, tell us about yourself. That's how we wrote it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm an orthopedic surgeon uh, in uh, the Detroit, Michigan area. Um, and then usually try to get out of the house a couple times a week and uh, do some curling and some trivia. Uh, so uh, it's, it's not all bones all the time. And uh, you have some good news uh, recently, you were telling me? Uh, yeah. Uh, our, my wife and I are expecting our first daughter in May. Uh, so as soon as we wrap up here, we're headed to our, to our baby shower. So Congratulations. <laughs> and your, your baby is not on the line, but Marcus's house is on the line. That's what we're, <laughs> we're making clear. We could, we could put naming rights on the line. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> That's big. Maybe make name face or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, we have our two players here. If you aren't familiar with our game, we come out every Tuesday. Uh, our episodes, general knowledge trivia, just like when you go to the pub. Uh, but we do have a set of rules. They're going to be the same for today as they they always are. It's going to be a little bit different for the, the people playing at home, but not too much. So, uh, Ken, why don't we throw it to uh, Darren to give us the rules. Reed. Let's do it. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. And then usually we would have a cream of the crop right here. Yeah, can uh, can you guys give us your best Macho Man impression, Marcus? I don't want to put my house on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Unjustifiably oh, really forced good. to wager my property. <laughs> I think that well, one does it. Shall we jump right in then? Yeah, I think yeah, we'll, we'll jump right in. Uh, so uh, basically the way that these questions are going to be set up uh, is each of us wrote five questions uh, plus a, a swing round and some final round questions. But Ken, why don't you tell everyone uh, listening and those playing at home uh, what the categories are today? Yeah, our special category theme today are our episode titles. So we will tell you the title of an episode uh, and uh, the questions are kind of roughly based on those uh, episode titles. 
So I'm going to start it right off with question one, concussed Neil or table bros, a love story. The question is, the inclusion of alternative titles such as or pearls before swine or the children's crusade, a duty dance with death and or goodbye blue Monday are a staple of what celebrated 20th century author of fiction. Yeah, uh, this is one of my favorite authors, probably like one of the first, like, first time I started like reading for fun in middle school and high school, I think I went through almost his entire catalog. So this is, this is my jam. So Chase sounds like he's locked in. Marcus, where are you at with this one? Um, reading? What's that? <laughs> are you a big reader, Marcus? Um, no, no. I, cons- I consume all content uh, through my ear holes. Um, <laughs> nowadays, at least. It's a painful um, way to, to consume a book. But I appreciate the effort. I tried. It was weird. Um, lots of paper cuts. Not fun. Um, honestly, this isn't uh, this isn't something I'm too familiar with. So um, I'm gonna call upon my training and probably have to throw out a a wild guess here. All right, Marcus, go ahead with that guess. It sounds like all of our at home teams are locked in. I am going to lock in Randall. Randall. Chase, what do you think? All right, so this one I know. Uh, the Goodbye Blue Monday was the other title for Breakfast of Champions. And then Slaughterhouse-Five is a Children's Crusade. I don't know Pearls Before Swine, actually. Um, but anyway, this is Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah, it is Kurt Vonnegut. And I'm, too, trying to remember the or Pearls Before Swine. And we'll get back to you because I can't remember. It might be... Um, the Mr. Rosewater one, but um, oh, maybe, maybe because it's not, it's not Cat's Cradle. It's not yeah, Cat's Cradle, but we'll uh, we'll look yeah. it up uh, in between while I read this next question. Question two, episode the Sting. Fade Rautha Harkonnen, a character made famous by Sting in Underpants, the singer, not the wrestler, will be portrayed in Dune Part Two by what 2022 Academy Award nominated as of today actor. Today is um, March fourth. March fourth. March fourth. Yeah, we're in a void though, so it could it could be either way. It could be yeah. the third. So, could be the fifth. So <laughs> I say Academy Award nominated because we don't know the results yet. Now I haven't actually seen the Denis Villeneuve uh, Dune adaptation, really? but th- this actor that they're looking for was not in the first installment. Correct. That is correct. Okay. Oh. So do you, do you guys know the character from the David Lynch Dune? Ah. Uh. I mean, I know the. I mean, I remember reading Dune. I saw the uh, the most recent film. I mean, I know the, who the Harkonnens are, but I I do not know what actor we're looking for here. So okay, the the real question is who is nominated for best actor this year? Uh, much to my chagrin, or much to one of my team's uh, chagrins on Twitch, I can unfortunately announce the correct answer is not WCW champion David Arquette. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, all of our teams no. are locked in. Um, do you guys have answers? Um, uh, the only person that I know that's nominated, and I don't think he's going to be in a Dune movie, but we'll go with Elvis, Miss Austin Butler. Okay. Marcus? Uh, yeah, I was thinking of uh, young, handsome people, and I was pretty sure he was uh, 
nominated for Elvis, so I also was going to lock in Austin Butler. Yeah, I do believe he is the youngest, handsomest nominee this year, and the correct answer is Austin Butler. Good job, guys. <laughs> there you go. Got, got worked out. And that's just because you weren't right. nominated this year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to question three. The episode was Roll for Intelligence on point for today's game. The first appearance of the monster Mimic in Dungeons and Dragons was in the 1977 edition of the Monster Manual. The image featured the creature disguised as an item about to absolutely lay out an unaware adventurer with a surprise right hook. What item, its most common representation, was the mimic disguised as? Dana here, the uh, owner of Critical Grind, shot her hand up about halfway through the question. She's like, oh, finally, I got one. I'm glad I could make somebody who's not Marcus happy because he does not look happy right now. We need uh, to meet Dana because we want to try this uh, chaos toast because I'd like to roll and figure out what, what's going to be in my I gotta stomach. I got to tell you, I, I appreciate the idea of having a little bit more chaotic good in my life. So. Yeah. All right, so let me ask. Somebody actually rolled for chaos toast here earlier today. Dana, what was the combination? I think it was whipped ricotta on an everything bagel with uh, shaved coconut uh, peanut butter. It was not. Uh, it was not ricotta. I'm learning. It was peanut butter, everything bagel, peanut butter, uh, blueberries, ranch dressing, oh, coconut shavings, and lavender flour. Pure you, chaos. You, and it turned did out. Did they just roll all ones? What? what happened? <laughs> So uh, with that joke, Chase, we'll uh, it sounds it like you know out. a thing or two about uh, D&D, but do you know what the mimic was disguised as? Uh, I, I don't know this for sure, but my instincts say that it has to be a treasure chest or just chest. Okay, Marcus. It's disappointing when you have a lot of knowledge about nerdy stuff, but have zero knowledge about certain nerdy things. And I have zero knowledge um, of any of this, so... I said a hammer. Yeah, it is a treasure chest. And the image is great if you can look it up. It's like usually the mimic is shown as like having teeth and a big t like mouth about to bite the adventurer. But in this image, it's just, like about, to, just about to punch him. It's it's a pretty great picture. All right. Seen some uh, beautiful like uh, 3D printable renderings of, of mimics in that treasure chest form. <laughs> yeah. uh, makes me wish my 3D printer worked. Uh, there's also a really good cosplay uh, from this year where someone, uh, like, she is a treasure chest but can pop out of it as a mimic. It, it's, it's very good. Anyway. Excellent. Moving on to question four. The episode title was Schrodinger's Back Tattoo. The question is, a special edition Barbie with a giant pair of wings tattooed on her back was released in 2008 to mixed reaction. <laughs> <laughs> this Barbie was the result of a collaboration between Mattel and what other company? This is the tattoo you have, correct? The wings on your back? I, I thought this was the uh, Schrodinger, Schrodinger's tattoo that you potentially had. Now. I potentially could have or have not a tattoo of giant pair of wings on my back. The only way to know is for us to peek behind the shirt, but we're not going to be doing that on today's live stream. So you sorry, have to walk for... down the yellow brick road to peek behind my shirt. So. <laughs> As the only patron uh, of Triviality in the special OnlyFans section, I can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> the existence of Neil's back tattoo. Uh, you found that? I paid for it. That knowledge belongs to me. <laughs> Very exclusive. If she can find it, you can find it too. So search the dark web. That's true. Exclusive, explicit, potato, potato. All right. Waiting for our at-home uh, at players uh, to lock in. Marcus, any ideas on this one? 
Well, as a avid collector of Barbies, no, I'm not that. But I mean, no, I don't. Uh, I don't have any tattoos um, or piercings or um, a house. Apparently, soon. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start. Um, we'll, we'll start getting to work on the paperwork. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Marcus, yeah, do you have any, any, are you guys going to use this as like a timeshare of some kind? <laughs> any any guesses? All of our uh, at home listeners are in. Oh, uh, I have no, I have no idea. Um, I don't even know what would be a good uh, big pair of wing tattoo. Oh yeah, huh? Big wings. Ooh, uh, uh, the hated Southwest. How about that? Walk <laughs> okay. with that. Southwest Airlines. <laughs> uh, Chase, I love ideas? Southwest Airlines. I, uh, so this might be a ridiculous stretch, but I, I heard the tattoo. I think Hell's Angels, and uh, maybe this is uh, like Harley Davidson with like a badass biker Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> right, you are, Chase. Yeah. Harley Davidson. <laughs> And if you uh, if you get a little rowdy, the Barbie will stab you like the Hell's Angels. <laughs> she actually came with a, a, a set of brass knuckles, that comes right? With a realistic knife action. <laughs> and my final question uh, for the first quarter of the game: uh, Icelandic upper decker. Bjork treated everyone to an Icelandic surprise when she showed up to the 2001 Oscar ceremony in the famous swan dress. After Dancer in the Dark, she had vowed never to act again, but this proved untrue as she appeared in what 2022 Robert Eggers film? You see any Robert Eggers films uh, this year, uh, Chase? Uh, I, I only saw one, and if it wasn't for that clue, there was no way I was getting this. So. Oh, so you're locked in. Oh, yeah. All right, was, so yeah. Chase is locked in. Uh, Marcus, it's up to you now. What do you think? You can go ahead and give your answer. Um, the, I, directors are always something that I know I should pay attention to, but I don't, but, um, Bjork gave me something and I'm pretty sure that it was released in 2022. So I locked in with, uh, the North man chase. And, uh, I agree with that. It came out at the beginning of the year and, uh, Ansok is a, a Norwegian name. We even still have like a little farm out in Norway. So this was uh, this was the Northman. Correct on both accounts. It is the Northman. Nice job, guys. I don't remember Bjork in that movie at all. Yeah, she was. <laughs> she had a very brief, fleeting role, but in it she was. Well, after five questions, uh, Chase batting perfect with fifty points, uh, and Marcus with twenty. So you're you're still in it, Marcus. You're, you're on the board. That's all that matters. Um, you still have fingernails on the house. Don't worry, Marcus. I didn't know any of those. So <laughs> Chase, Chase doing quite well in this game, beating the uh, the online and live kibitzers. Uh, no better social distancing in the Atlantic Ocean, and Moody Blues currently tied for first on my leaderboard at forty points. Oh wow! Wow, keep it up, Chase. Yeah, great job to these teams as well. Uh, now, Matt uh, couldn't be here, uh, as we said, uh, traveling the world, but he supplied five questions for us, uh, and we'll go around here and read them. Uh, Ken, do you want to read the first one here, just in honor of our special guest? The Bone Doctor. Question six. All right, go ahead, Ken. In 1677, Robert Plott is credited with what major discovery, although it wasn't known what he actually found until a geology professor at Oxford got a hold of it. Now, Marcus, I believe you have a minor in Oxford geology history. I have a minor in prof- <laughs> in professional wrestling. 
Uh, it, it, helps I, it helps that I majored in specifically in 17th century British bones. So. <laughs> oh, good, good. <laughs> I'm 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 fairly glad that this question is not actually geared towards Chase, just because he's he's in the lead right now. It would be unfair to give him a straight up bone doctor question. But I he's guess Bob Plot is a bone, bone doctor in his own right. <laughs> he's the breaking bone doctor because he's snapping me like a twig right now. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Chase, I'm just curious, as the bone doctor, I've seen a lot of things on the internet that people are doing uh, the Gattaca thing where they, they extend their shins to get taller. Is that true? Like, are people extending their bones? That, that, is, that is a real thing that people are doing, and it is a horrible, horrible idea. Oh, wow. <laughs> but at least but I don't want to be a short king anymore. At concerts. Uh, <laughs> Chase, what was your guess? Um, so I, I think the little extra flavor there that they didn't realize what it was until a long time later. So my, my thought is maybe they found a dinosaur bone. Okay. Marcus? Yeah, when people find bones, I immediately think of dinosaurs, so I locked in dinosaur bone. Yeah, that is correct. And we uh, I guess it was the first uh, named dinosaur as well that they found. Shall I uh, continue? Yeah, why not? It's uh, mentioning you on this one. we got to yeah. go for it. Question seven, jacked nihilist Garfield. <laughs> James A. Garfield comes from a long line of presidents from this state, the birthplace of eight U.S. presidents. I believe that's uh, either tied for first or the second most of any state. Well, you would know. You guys would know. I don't know anything about the presidents. You would think. I Actually, uh, presidential uh, home states is one area that I just simply cannot get myself to care about we should make a list of where where it would be most fun for the presidents to be from <laughs> uh i i am between two and it is a, a straight up coin flip i know there's a ton of presidents that are from virginia but i also know there's a lot of presidents from ohio uh i, I think i'm gonna i'm gonna go with ohio with very limited confidence okay marcus uh, I also locked in with Ohio. To me, I, I was thinking, or or Pennsylvania. I don't have a strong feeling, but um, I thought I heard, remember hearing Ohio, so that's just hope, hoping it's right. So not only does Drew Carey love this place, but they did try to go to war with uh, Chase's home state. This is Ohio. Yeah. Do you think there's a lot of nihilists in Ohio? I don't know. That's a good uh, question. Do you think there's a lot of jacked people in Ohio? Uh, probably. I mean, if my if my river were on fire, I think I'd become a nihilist. <laughs> yeah. We that's believe in nothing. Most Lebowski. astronauts are from. Yeah, most astronauts are from Ohio because the best way to get away from Ohio is to go to space. <laughs> <laughs> With an excellent point. Moving on to question eight, we've made a huge mistake. Despite the name of the winner being written directly on the card, Warren Beatty called out this name instead at the 2017 Oscars. Perhaps he was listening to a Randy Newman song backstage. Where were you when, when you saw the Warren Beatty mess up? Yeah, that's lower on my list. I don't remember where I was at the time. It was a cultural event, Jeff. Um, and I don't know if you've been following Warren Beatty, hashtag Warren Beatty on social media because he's trending. Um, he has the rights to Hopefully for not bad reasons. <laughs> he has the no for good reason. Yeah, he has the the rights to Dick Tracy. He was the Dick Tracy character for a long time. Oh yeah. And in order to keep That's those Richard Tracy, you put some respect on that. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Richard Tracy. Uh, he has the rights to the character, and in, instead of letting anyone else do a movie about uh, Dick Tracy, or Richard Tracy, 
um, he holds the rights, and, and every like five, 10 years, he does an interview on TCM, Turner Classic Movies, in character that's very awkward just so they can continue to hold the rights. Nice. So if you can go online and type in Zoom, Dick Tracy, TCM, the latest one, it's very weird and kind of like uh, just strange, but it's, it's a fun watch. So Warren Beatty's taking Dick Tracy to his grave is what you're saying? I think so. On that note, we are all locked in at home, so let's get the answers from the gentleman. Uh, Chase. So this is my my second favorite Oscar gaffe after John Travolta calling Adina Mazel Adele Dazeem. That's <laughs> 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 uh, so good. Uh, but uh, the winner was Moonlight, uh, but he's, uh, I think he, the card said La La Land. Marcus. I had no idea. I couldn't even remember who was. I I don't watch that, and I knew I knew the thing was that he said the wrong thing, but I had no idea, so I had no answer. All right. Well, the correct answer is La La Land. So more points for Chase. The rich get richer, um, and let's uh, give it up for Faye Dunaway as well. There you go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Chat actually pointing out uh, during the stream that uh, Warren Bainey didn't make the announcement of La La Land. He passed the card over to Faye Dunaway, uh, who actually said it. Just. Because I've got some awesome trivia folk who know awesome trivia things wanted to bring that up. Forget it, Jay. It's the Oscars. <laughs> and just a reminder, I did not write this question. It was Matt. Let's all blame Matt, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Send your hate mail to, uh, to Matt. Yes, please sure. email Matt. All right. Question nine. Let's do a hockey. Finally, a sports question for Marcus here, but it is hockey. Do you like hockey? I know you're a big football. Oh, now that we have a hockey team, I'm all in. All I'm right. Cracking. Brett Hall leads uh, All-American-born hockey players in points with thir- uh, 1,391. The person fourth on the list was just traded from one original six team to another. Name either of these teams. And again, today's date, March 4th. March 4th, 2023. March 4th, 2023. So the, We're the, talking in the last uh, two tree days. Yeah, I'm assuming he would be much further down than fourth on the list if we included the Canadian and other uh, national hockey players, right? Because uh, a little bit, quite a, little a few, bit, a little bit quite further. a few of those uh, on the top of this yeah, list. Looking for a team here, everybody. Either, just to be yes, clear. either team involved in the trade. Yep, name either of these teams. Uh, and speaking, so you have uh, a pretty good chance because you only need to name one of the original six teams, basically. Yes. And the original six, I believe they made a Netflix movie about that with Adam Sandler. Is that right? Huh? Maybe not. You got to connect. You got to connect the dots here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, there's a, it's a dumb Netflix movie joke. It's okay. Oh, the, the ridiculous six or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Are Come the original six Neil, teams ridiculous Neil, though? Too much of a stretch. Too much. Yeah. It is if you're going to reference like big daddy or like Billy that, Madison, that's true. That's fine. But, yeah. But, or little Nicky or Jack he's and Jill. Done, he's done literally a thousand, uh, Netflix films. So you can't <laughs> ask true. me to remember. But all I will them. say his latest hustle, the, the sports movie is very good. He was good in that. Uh, Jay, how are we looking with Hubie Halloween answers? Oh, that movie is so bad. I was just going to say that, Chase. That, that's his worst movie. It's not even close. Which one? Don't mess with the like, Zohan. How, how do you do uncut gems and then immediately follow it with Hubie Halloween? It's just incredible. <laughs> uncut gems? Gems? <laughs> uh, we, well, I know, uh, Marcus, you're getting into hockey now. Do you want to start with where your mind's at on this one? Yes. Um I I know exactly the the trade and and who whom, uh. So I will lock in with the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay, Chase. Uh, I I did not know the exact trade, but I think the answer is Patrick Kane, and I know he played for the Blackhawks. Uh, I don't know where he ended up getting traded to, but I also went with the Blackhawks. 
Uh, yes, the answer is uh, Patrick Kane went from the Chicago Blackhawks to the New York Rangers, and uh, I will be buying my Rangers jersey. That's with just because you love a Temi Panarin. I, I wanted to see the reunion between <laughs> Kane and Panarin, uh, the all-time greatest uh, hockey duo to exist. Wow. I'm saying it now. Just cutting out JT <laughs> over there. Jonathan I was going to say, I was like, Jonathan Taves... Yeah. They only they only won like three Stanley Cups together. It was it was just so <laughs> it was it was just too fun to watch them play together. Yeah, and and it was almost replicated with uh, the DeBrinket Kane line, but much like when we play together here. If uh, if Aaron is watching or listening, uh, I will be uh, be a Rangers fan now. Um, let's uh, let's move on to ten, the Fanta Menace. In which country does Fanta originate? It was created by a foreign branch of the Coca-Cola company when a trade embargo with the U.S. made getting the syrup for the original Coca-Cola impossible. Now, if you've listened to our show, I believe that this question was kind of explained in the episode. The, the Phantom Menace yeah, episode. Yeah, the original, the, the mm. origin of, of the soda brand Fanta. So. Now, Coca-Cola is based in the city where I was born. Do you know where that is, Jeff? Hotlanta. Hotlanta, that's correct. Or the ATL, as or I call I it and Bow Wow, that. I think, calls it. Marcus, <laughs> I was just trying to get a reaction. I, were on you thinking Ti? Or, well, Ti too, but I just I wanted to say Bow Wow. Ah, of course, oh, right. Yeah. Are, but, you, are you guys uh, in the loop on the Fanta situation? Uh, yeah, no, 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 I, uh, <laughs> no not at all. Yeah, I, I definitely like you guys are one hundred percent right. This, this came up on that episode, but. You know, you guys have made so many of them. They all, all that knowledge just kind of gets like, oh, I get it. Together. Yeah. I will say this was one of my favorite episodes to, to Photoshop art for because I did Anakin like mind crushing a Fanta can. <laughs> it, was I will, a, it was a good one. I will say, <laughs> being on this side of it, you know, uh, podcasting uh, on the shows and everything, I don't remember a single thing I've ever said on the show. So, uh, <laughs> correct. And people will sometimes reiterate things that you've said about yourself and right. you're like how do you know that because well, you, you said it yeah obviously yeah i don't remember that though and it looks like our timer is ticking down so uh everybody should be locked in or they've gotten the question wrong i hope you locked in uh chase what did you say i i, I think my perfect score is going to the grave here um fanta makes me think of the don't you want to fanta which is like a little salsa number i'm gonna go with like argentina okay and uh marcus um yeah i thought of that song immediately and um i just locked in with columbia it's very likely that some of the people involved in the original fanta brand ended up in argentina uh, <laughs> after uh <laughs> good good connection <laughs> yes the correct answer is germany i believe it was uh, a product of the world war ii trade yeah, embargo pre-world war ii embargo it's uh, yeah, okay. nazi cola mm. correct <laughs> Yeah, they're using whatever to... fruit they had abundance of at the time. It it was. Uh, I did, it I was. did not now see that coming. Just regular evil corporation. Hmm. Right. Or, or just a normal not corporation. Not super evil, just regular evil. Right. <laughs> uh, well, uh, after the first round for Chase and Marcus, Marcus uh, picking up uh, 30 more points, uh, bringing his total to 50. Uh, so he's got some nice points on the board. And Chase, as he said, uh, missed that last question, but was nine for nine right before it. So you have that 90 the, points. That was the bone breaker. It was the bone breaker. And over to Jay for the uh, players at home. Yeah, that puts him tied with the uh, overall leaderboard I have on Twitch with the Moody Blues and no better social distancing the Atlantic Ocean, who went perfect in that uh, second half of the first round. Uh, they're sitting at 90. Uh, just called down a few more teams. Habitually truant with 70 points. Uh, Decap Coffee really grinds my beans. And Team Coast to Coast each sitting at 60 as we approach the swing round. 
Before we move on with the game, we just want to uh, relay this message to you. For the next two months, Airwave is going to be conducting our uh, survey to help us get to know you, the listeners, better and your interests. Please support our podcast by taking the questionnaire at surveymonkey.com slash r slash airwave. It only takes a few minutes and your feedback will help us improve our show and find new sponsors that interest you. Also, tell us anything you want at the end. As our way of thanking you, you'll be entered to win a $500 Amazon gift card. Hey, that's a pretty good gift. And all you have to do is go to surveymonkey.com slash r slash airwave and you'll be entered. Or you can click on the uh, episode notes and find the link. Uh, now, uh, Jay, I think uh, for the players at home, uh, we're going to go into the swing round here in a moment, but uh, it's basically just going to be like we normally record it. We're going to give all the clues first, and then we'll come back and read them one more time and get answers from our competitors, Chase and Marcus, and uh, everyone else can answer at home. Is that right? Yep, that's what I've got going. They are prompted to uh, listen up and to take any notes they need to as you read through the swing round. Great. I uh, just want to do a quick uh, mention uh, for Jay, Chase, and Marcus. They're all Patreon supporters that uh, really help support our show. So if you want to uh, join them. You can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. You can get a bunch of great perks, bonus audio content, and all of our new uh, main feed episodes ad-free over there that usually come out about a day early. Uh, Jeff posts them there for you if you want to listen before anyone else, if, you will, if you'd if you like to be at the store early to get the Power Ranger. Uh, yeah, if any of these so titles appeared to you um, to be really particularly funny, we're even dumber uh, on the Patreon. So There you go. Uh, so today's swing round, um, it's basically going to be all lyric based. Okay, so um, you're going to guess the artist by the opening lyrics to one of their famous songs. This round was inspired by uh, appearances of certain artists who either make a cameo or perform a song on shows like The Simpsons and Futurama, if that gives anyone who is a, a super fan a hint. Uh, and that's basically it. We're just going to run through these. It's going to be the opening lines of some famous songs, and we just want you to name the band or artist. Are we going to do them like Robert Goulet? <laughs> if we could, if you want. 1999. <laughs> uh, so uh, our first question here, uh, as, as Ken just said, is coming from 1999. The lyrics are, Can't you hear those cavalry drums hijacking your equilibrium? Midnight hags in the mausoleum where the pixelated doctors moan. Moan. So that is uh, question one. Uh, Ken, do you want to take question two? Sure. This is uh, 1991. What I got, you got to give it to your mama. What I got, you got to give it to your papa. What I got, you got to give it to your daughter. You do a little dance, and then you drink a little water. All right. Jeff, you want to take number three? Absolutely. Uh, it, from 1998. Well, now, don't you tell me to smile. You stick around and make it worth your while. My number's beyond what you can dial. Maybe it's because we're so versatile. <laughs> uh, number four is coming from 1984. One man come in the name of love. One man, he come and go. One man comes he to justify. One man to overthrow. Is that the same man or are these different men? Uh, it's debatable. I have no idea. All right, 1986, end of passion play, crumbling away. I'm your source of self-destruction, veins that pump with fear, sucking darkest clear, leading on your death's construction, yeah. All right, I will take question six here from 1971. It's a little bit funny, this feeling inside. I'm not one of those who can easily hide. I don't have much money, but boy, if I did, I'd buy a big house where we both could live. Oh, thank you, Jeff, and it's going to be Marcus's house. <laughs> All right. Uh, questions. Question seven is an oldie but a goodie coming to us from uh, 1966. 
Sunshine came softly through my uh, window today. Could have tripped out easy, uh, but I've uh, changed my ways. It'll take time. I know it, but in a while, you're going to be mine. I know it. We'll do it in style. This is a hard one. All right, next, 1993. You'll remember me when the west wind moves upon the fields of barley. You'll forget the sun in its in his jealous sky as we walk in fields of gold. Hmm. Classic, 1993. With so much drama in the LBC, it's hard of being redacted. But I know somehow, some way, keep coming up with funky ass like every single day. Very nice, Jeff. And no, uh, we'll we'll bleep that. <laughs> uh, and number ten uh, from 1975, backstroke lover, always hide underneath the covers. Till I talk to your daddy, he say. He said you ain't seen nothing till you're down on a muffin. Then you're oh, sure geez. to be a change in your ways. Did not uh, know those were the lyrics. Oh, I know. I didn't either. Once once I read those. <laughs> Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. Things done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. We're back to question one from 1999. Can't you hear those cavalry drums hijacking your equilibrium? Midnight hags in the mausoleum where the pixelated doctors moan. This is Beck, but I have, uh, I can hear his voice, but I just don't know the name of the song. Okay. Okay. Marcus? I had no idea. Um, so I said Madonna. I don't know why. I just put had to put something down. It does sound like a Madonna <laughs> title for the song. But it is Beck. It is Beck. Yeah. The song in question is Sex Laws. Two X's for sex. All right. 1991 for question two. 
What I got, you got to give it to your mama. What I got, you got to give it to your papa. What I got, you got to give it to your daughter. You do a little dance, and then you drink a little water. Yeah, this is some 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 old school red hot chili peppers. That's right. Uh, Before Marcus, they sold out super hard. <laughs> Marcus, what did you have? Uh, yes, I also caught on pretty quick that this was the red hot yeah. chili peppers. Hard to get away from that one. It is red hot chili peppers. And the song, give it away. Yeah. Give it away. Great drumming by Will Ferrell on that track. <laughs> All right, we got 1998. Well, now, don't you tell me to smile. You stick around and make it worth your while. My number's beyond what you can dial. Maybe it's because we're so versatile. Thank you. Uh, this is... Right, what was this one one more time? Oh, this is uh, this is the Beastie Boys. Yeah. Yeah, uh, one of the first albums that I bought with my own money, Hello Nasty by the Beastie Boys. That's correct. Yeah, Beastie Intergalactic. Boys. Now, I was going to make this sabotage uh, originally uh, for the clues because on Futurama, the Beastie Boys are heads in jars. Yeah, and they, they do an acapella version. They do an acapella version, version <laughs> but I ended up choosing uh, Intergalactic. They also perform that in the this episode that you're talking about in Futurama. Uh, so number remember, Intergalactic is both planetary and planetary is Intergalactic. There you go. Uh, number four, uh, from 1984, uh, one man come in the name of love, one man he come and go. One man comes he to justify, one man to overthrow. I had no idea for this one. Uh, I went with the Rolling Stones, even though I know they have a different ridiculous song that kind of sounds like that's not the right lyrics. And uh, Marcus, what about you? I had no idea, and you said a lot, so I said Nick Cannon. (laughs) (laughs) I think once you hear this one in the the cadence of the song, it's a lot easier to pick up. But this one is... uh, in the name of love, Pride by you too. Uh, all right. Uh, now, uh, Jeff or Ken, I'm not sure. Uh, Ken, you did a great reading of this one for number five. So if you yeah. want to. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, question five, 1986. End of passion play, crumbling away. I'm your source of self-destruction. Veins that pump with fear, sucking darkest clear, leading on your death's destruction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just bringing on the last season of Stranger Things. That's some classic Metallica. Master of Puppets. Marcus. Yeah, Metallica. Yes, Metallica <laughs> is correct. Moving right along to question six, 1971. It's a little bit funny, this feeling inside. I'm not one of those who can easily hide. I don't have much money, but boy, if I did, I'd buy a big house where we both could live. Taking a few seconds uh, to get the lock-ins on this one. Uh, I feel Ken, I want to pay you to narrate children's books in that cadence and in that I voice. Would, that was, I would accept that job because, boy, that would be nice to make a living that way. Well, you should do the you should do the Metallica one. I'm then, open isn't. for voiceover work if <laughs> you really want. There you go. Ken reads heavy metal uh, to children. That's your that's your new stretch goal. <laughs> All right. Uh, or or if you're a Patreon subscriber and that's the message that you want. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if you're a Savage Superstar hire, you can just tell us to record any sort of message for you. We'll do it and we'll send it. So if that's what you uh, want. Doing... Foolishly, we didn't put a word limit on that. <laughs> that's right. Let's be reasonable. I'll do up to one page of Lord of the Rings. Uh, Chase, uh, what do you got? Uh, this is um, it's, it's a little bit funny. It's like the only part that I can like get the exact melody, but that is your song by Elton John. All right. Marcus? Wow, I'm very disappointed in myself because that sounds about right. I didn't have an answer, but I did it. I did that song in choir in high school. Like that's yeah, that's a bummer. 
a little so bit I funny, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. Elton John, your song. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Reginald. Sometimes it's hard when the lyrics are just spoken. Uh, question seven, 1966. Sunshine came softly through my uh, window today. Could have tripped out easy, uh, but I've uh, changed my ways. It'll take time. I know it. But in a while, you're going to be mine. I know it. We'll do it in style. This might be the hardest one of the, the batch. It is. But once you know it, you'll hear it, I, I think. think. Um, and it seems like uh, Marcus and Chase aren't too confident on it. But Chase, what did you put down? I It's the 60s. I don't know the song. It's probably the Beatles. <laughs> Not a bad guess. Marcus? Same. I, it's hilarious that we arrived at the same thing. I was just like, yeah, it's the 60s. Say the Beatles and be done with it. Cause they I had a lot it. of songs. Not a bad guess. Yep, uh, but it is Donovan uh, with the song Sunshine Superman. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know that one. <laughs> if you heard it, yeah, Sunshine no. came softly through my a window today. He sang Mellow Yellow, other okay. songs. Anyway. Sure. Ah. Yeah, that one's very I? tough on my end, two, two teams. That's it. Oh, well, this is the hard, hardest one then. Sorry about that, guys. Well, in 93, we had You'll Remember Me When the West Wind Moves Upon the Fields of Barley To Forget the Sun in His Jealous Sky As We Walk in Fields of Gold. I'm glad you took Big your hint on this one. Yeah, I gave a little hint on the end there. Yeah, I'm happy that you took your time on that one. Yeah, really took your time. Stayed in that question. Uh, Everybody's right. locked in. <laughs> Let's uh, exit this joke and uh, move over to Chase's answer. <laughs> uh, the, the hints did not help me there. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I have nothing for this one. I don't even have a guess. All right. It's a shame. Um, by God, I think it's Sting. <laughs> It may or may not have been the category for a question we've already asked today. Yeah, this is Fields of Gold by Sting. 1993, with so much drama in the LBC, it's kind of hard being redacted. But I somehow, someway, keep coming up with funky ass every single day. Like every single day. And for the record on this one, um, this person cameoed on Futurama, and I tried my hardest to find a song with the opening lyrics that were clean enough to put on the on the episode <laughs> this is the only one it's pretty funny that's great. so uh, uh, and i think chase and, and marcus are both feeling pretty confident uh about this one and i had to put redacted there because the artist says their name quite a lot yeah that is snoop doggy dog oh i thought it was jason derulo <laughs> and marcus? marcus so interesting because um I think that's nothing, nothing but a G thing, and I thought that was Dr. Dre. I was curious how you were going to do that if it was an either and or both. I, I, I think the song is Gin and Juice, isn't it, though? Which is just straight up Snoop Dogg. It is uh, Snoop Dogg, Gin and Juice. Ooh, all right. Yeah. Huh. All right. Last one, question 10, 1975. Backstroke lover always hiding neath the covers till I talk to your daddy, he say... He said, you ain't seen nothing till you're down on a muffin. Then you're sure to be a change in your ways. Answers. Yuck. <laughs> uh, I guess you could tell you have two answers, but if it's, 70, if it's 75, the answer is Aerosmith. Okay, Marcus? I also had Aerosmith. Yeah, I think this Aerosmith is before they did the team up in the 80s. Walk This Way, yes. And uh, the swing round here, uh, both pretty profitable for both players here. Mark is picking up 25 points, bringing his total to 75 points. And Chase picking up 35 points, uh, which I believe uh, 
Jeff, for my math, is 125? I believe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, so that's 125 for Chase, 75 for Marcus, and we want to throw it back to Jay for not only a score update, but for some very special news. Yeah, we had at least one team here on Twitch go perfect through the swing round. So Moody Blues now leads all comers uh, in my live and online participants at 140 points in this game. Uh, no better social distancing in second at 130, habitually truant rounding out the top three at 100. And uh, I would like to take a moment and announce... Uh, both live and on the podcast, that we just received a $100 donation towards our streamathon here uh, in support of Critical Grind Cafe. I believe that puts our total uh, to date with still eight hours to go and change uh, at just over $500 so far. Nice. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you to everyone listening for all those donating. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, we just, uh, yeah, want to say thank you so much again just for having us over here and, and uh, doing a game for everyone. We had fun writing these questions, and uh, it's so nice to have Chase and Marcus here to uh, help us with that. Uh, and uh, now that the scores are 125 to 75, uh, I just wanted to call out Ken a little bit because, Jay, earlier uh, your hot take was that The Sound of Music, the title song from the musical, is not very good, is, is overrated. And now Ken is saying Aerosmith's a terrible band, but you look shocked. I didn't say terrible. I said I didn't care for them. Oh, you didn't care for them. Okay. They're not terrible. You just don't care for them. Well, hey, diddle, diddle, needle. We're out of the middle. You know how many times you've been invited over to my house for dinners? (laughs) That's why. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, we're going to be continuing our game here uh, in just a moment. It looks like my questions are actually going to be next. Um, But uh, as we do that, we just wanted to double check uh, everyone. If you aren't following us on social, you can go to uh, Facebook and Instagram uh, and Twitter at TrivialityPod. You can say hello over there. We also have a wonderful Discord community uh, of almost 500 people. So if you're on Discord, uh, you can find us from our website and other sources. You can get on the Discord. There's some wonderful things going on there, like playtesting, some uh, movie watch parties, and and great things like that. So i love to shout out everyone over at Discord. Um, but yeah, uh, I think we're pretty much good to go for the second round here. Are you both ready, Chase and Marcus? All right. So the first question from me is going to be from the category, Kelsey Let the Dogs Out. Kelsey Grammer, best known for his portrayal of Seattle psychiatrist Fraser Crane, shared the screen with a canine companion known as Eddie the Dog, who would lovingly stare at Fraser and engage in all sorts of mischief alongside his owner, Martin, Fraser's father. This famous TV dog was what breed of dog originally bred in England for hunting foxes? Um, well, I, I didn't really watch Frasier, but I know enough about it to uh, know what the dog looks like. And then, you know, you just know. I'm not a huge dog <laughs> breed person, but I think this one was uh, in, my wheel, in my wheelhouse of... Pop culture, trivia. Yes. Exactly. Because as you've all seen so far, I'm going to be not very smart and homeless soon, probably. Uh, yeah, these are uh, yappy, very energetic little dogs. I think this is a Jack Russell Terrier. And Marcus. I also had Jack Russell Terrier. And you are correct. Uh, a little bit of flavor text. Uh, the first known uh, Jack Russell Terrier that they, they call this, it was uh, from a hunter named uh, John Jack Russell. And his dog was named Trump. And that's all Jack Russell Taylors are uh, from the line or lineage of Trump. Okay. Uh, Rowan Ward in my Twitch chat is pointing out that the uh, acceptable alternate answer is the breed of dog is very good dog. There you well every yeah as every dog should be uh, yes. As they continue to point out yes. Yes. Uh, all right. The next question uh, is in the category of triple jeopardy. 
It's been announced that ITV, the British television network, will be mounting a reboot of Jeopardy, poised to air as a 20-part daytime series bringing a modern twist to the proceedings with a third Jeopardy round. American Jeopardy host Ken Jennings tweeted, Nothing gives you imposter syndrome quite like sharing a job description with what revered British comedian, writer, and actor. No word from Hugh Laurie on the matter as of yet. So, Marcus, it doesn't look like you might know it, but do you want to just wager a guess here and throw one out? Uh, Yeah, I have no idea, and I don't think they would allow him to do it, but I will say Ricky Gervais. Okay. <laughs> uh, and Chase, uh, doesn't look like you know it either. Uh, what's your guess? No, uh, reinforcing the hint of, of Hugh Laurie gave it. Uh, I think this is Stephen Fry. All right, and the answer is Stephen Fry. So that should be great. He, uh, you might know him from QI, uh, from him hosting that for many, many years. Or Fry and Laurie. Very good choice to host Jeopardy, too. Yeah, I do very, say so very fitting, I believe. I, I'm not sure what everyone's saying in the chat uh, with Jay, but seems like uh, someone that uh, everyone can pretty much get behind. Um, all so right. They're saying that, uh, well, I'm reminding them that it came up recently, a bit of Fry and Laurie in a World Trivia Federation question from uh, a week or two ago, as a matter of fact. Oh, there you go. Um, all right, question three. This one is from the episode title Mount Olympus Tinder. Modern gods and goddesses who just want to find love can look to the stars Alnatak, Alnalam, and Mintaka to easily find what constellation named after a giant, handsome hunter from Greek mythology. To be clear, it was not named after the VHS manufacturer or distributor behind the Oscar-winning film Amadeus. Nice. <laughs> you had to, had to put it in. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, though. I do like it. Yeah, it's a it's a an interesting clue, I think. But uh, no, I uh, I take a gander up at this particular constellation every evening when you, I have the chance. You don't you don't see that that uh, that logo pop up too much, you know. You don't. Uh, when not, you do, you, you you know it's going to be good. You know, yeah, you know it's going to be a, a nice eighties uh, a nice eighties movie or something. And um, I think that they still exist. Uh, I'm not sure about the VHSs, of course, but the production company or distributor I think is still around. Mm. So. Um, all right, so um, this one I know can get a, a little bit hard here. I know I named some of the stars, um, but uh, Marcus, are you uh, good on an answer on this one? What do you think? Um, I was I was struggling. I used to be pretty decent at Greek mythology, but I just it's in, instead of having that knowledge in my head anymore, it's like where did. Uh, this player that was drafted in the fifth round go to college, stupid stuff like that, <laughs> took over that spot. But I locked in with Artemis. All right, Artemis for Marcus and Chase. Uh, it's not a bad guess because Artemis is the goddess of the hunt. Uh, but since you mentioned they hunt her, I went with in three stars. So I pictured the three stars of Orion's belt. So I said Orion. And it is Orion. Orion, yes. Great. So, great so job. These, these three stars hold up his pants. They do, yeah. So that's that's what I call my belt. I call my belt Alnatek, Alnalam, and Mintaka. It's a very long name, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ryan's belt. Complete waste of space. Only three stars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, on that review, we're going to go to question number four. Please, please say it with emphasis. Uh, I'm Barry Gibb. Uh, so that's the, the category title. Uh, Barry Gibb of the Bee Gees and SNL parody fame, which I just referenced there, not only wrote and performed his own songs, but wrote for other artists as well. One of the most famous examples is a song he penned for a 1978 movie musical based on a famous Broadway show of the same name. Once he found the word, the music did the rest, and it became a huge hit for singer Frankie Valli. Name that show. And I accidentally put Frank Valli, which sounds like a, <laughs> like a mobster instead of a, a world-renowned singer. But Frank, 
Frank Don't Valley. Call Francis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Frank, Frank Valley. So uh, Frank Valley sang this song. He sang it for the movie. He's that's the correct. Voice. He is the wow. voice. Oh, I interesting. I did not know that. And a little tidbit. I won't give too much away, but uh, the song needed for the movie. They wanted it to be nice, lighthearted, fun to to match what the tone of the movie was. And the lyrics, if you listen to them, are very dark. And so when <laughs> Thanks, they Barry. asked Barry, "Hey, can you change the lyrics?" He's like, "Why? They're fine." And then he they said, just why? Kept... They're fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and the lyrics uh... are fine. <laughs> well yeah. done, Marcus. The uh, the uh, answers at home should be in. So let's get our answer from Chase. Uh, again, the hint that finally got me there was it, it was the word, and I think the word was in 19, 1978 was Greece. And uh, Marcus, I also locked in with Greece. I believe it's also the time and the place. Is it not? That is correct. Uh, and that is a correct answer from uh, both competitors. Uh, and shout out to uh, Colleen. She just did a production of Greece not too long ago. Uh, and congrats to the cast and crew. It went really, really well. And we'll be uh, viewing it directly after this. That's right. Yeah, it, was, it was either that or it was the bird, bird, bird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and our last question in the first half of the second round uh, is the category of the spy who loved me. Neil goes to London. <laughs> I like this uh, name. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> I forgot this. I actually took Neil's face for the Photoshop on this. Uh, all right. So the question is, fans of James Bond who grew up in the 90s hold Pierce Brosnan's portrayal of Ian Fleming's character in high regard, especially after the GoldenEye video game for the N64. Before Brosnan was Bond, however, he had a tryout of sorts playing a fictitious TV sleuth by what name? Thankfully, they workshopped it from <laughs> Mr. Metal Ammunition. It's a funny clue, Neil. Thank you. It's a big clue. So I'm, I'm not sure if it's going to hurt or help people. Uh, especially those playing at home. I'm, I'm not sure what the get rate on this one's going to be, but it is not... It's a long question about what, what character he played on TV. That's right. And it was not named Mr. Metal Ammunition. And that is a very ridiculous clue, um, but I, I think I got to it. Uh, is this Remington Steel? We'll see, Marcus. I had no idea. So I, I didn't have an answer. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get there. Not in my head. And Chase is correct. It is Remington Steel, a uh, little uh, little scene TV series uh, from the late 80s, uh, early 90s. And at the end of the first half of the second round, Chase batting perfect, once again, picking up 50 points, bringing his total to 175. Marcus picking up 20 more points, bringing his total to 95. Uh, Moody Blues still rolling, now up by 20 over no better for sis, uh, social distancing in the Atlantic Ocean. It's 190 to 170 with habitually truant uh, just ahead of Chaos Toast. Uh, for third at 150, Chaos Toast, uh, right behind at 140 with five questions to go uh, in round two. All right, Jeff, take it away. And I heard these are going to be bruising questions. Yeah, well, we'll see how it goes. All right, well, I will continue here with the uh, the next question, uh, question six in this round. Uh, and the category is Eve, Dawn of Curie. Equivalent to 37 gigabecquerels, which is the actual scientific unit, the Curie much like the family that lends its namesake, is a non-SI unit for what phenomenon? All right. So it looks like uh, everyone on the stream is locked in. Marcus, were you able to get this one uh, here? Absolutely not. But, uh, you know, I, I did my best. Okay. I don't have an answer. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> The important thing is you tried. <laughs> I tried and, uh, really Chase, hard to come up with an answer. Didn't <laughs> Chase? Were you able to get the uh, the answer to this? Uh, hopefully, you guys can hear me. But I'm pretty sure the answer to this is like radiation. We can indeed hear you, and you are correct. It's yeah. radiation. Yeah, uh, the Curie is a, a unit of radiation. It is not the scientific one, um, but 
It's uh, named it in honor of Pierre and Marie Curie. So. And what, what was I telling you? A uh, uh, second good reason not to eat uranium was its calorie count? Exactly. Yeah, very <laughs> it's high. Not, not worth the calories. That's exactly. the concern, Ken. <laughs> now, Jeff, this next uh, question, the category describes one of the Triviality host's personality, I think. I believe so, too. And we'll never, we'll never confirm or deny who, but... No, and it, it may or may not be the one of the fun guys' friends. There you go. That being said... The question uh, seven in this round is is about odd charisma. Unlikely to be remembered in the history books for burning members of her own party or her lack of charisma, which conservative English politician was prime minister of Great Britain when Queen Elizabeth passed away in 2022? I'm, I'm really trying to rattle it loose, but I don't think I can grab it. It's 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 not in there. Well, it's it's there. I just can't can't pull it. All right, so Marcus is is going to tap on this one. So I think we're going to chase uh, for the answer of uh, who was Prime Minister of Great Britain when Queen Elizabeth II passed away. Uh, yeah, the the lettuce prevailed. This was Liz Truss. <laughs> and the correct answer here is Liz Truss. Yeah, mostly uh, going to be a footnote, I'm guessing, in uh, 10 or 15 years. But uh, probably you want to remember that one, uh, lock it away in your trivia vault. So question eight. Uh, this one I did in honor of Jay. Uh, this one's a true or false. So, uh, true or false in question eight uh, is about equatorial bulge. Uh, so, true or false, you need to add together the biomass of all animals, fungi, protists, bacteria, viruses, and archaea for it to be larger than the biomass of plants. So for my non-scientific brain, you're just asking of all the animals, fungi, protists, et cetera, is it, are they all together larger than all the plants on the, on the earth? Correct. Is, do they, is the mass of them more? Okay. Are they okay. more massive as a group? All right. I know my answer, so I'll lock okay. in. The, the why, the why of, of the correct answer to this question is the best part. Because <laughs> it's, it's, so it's so tricky. Yeah. It looks like they're just uh, getting in those final bits of answers here. Uh, I, Jeff told me well, I was can, wrong. so we, we can jump right in. Marcus, what do you think? True or false? True. So true. All right. And uh, Chase, what do you think of this one? Yeah, I remember someone said a statistic that there are more plants on the Earth than there are stars in our galaxy. So I was like, there's probably a lot of plants. And so I said that is uh, true, that there's more plants than all the animal biomass. So here's what I was getting at. So, yeah, so uh, the, the correct answer is false, but you are right in saying plants actually account for more than 80% of the biomass on Earth. So it's not even close as a, as a group. Uh, yeah, uh, Neil, Neil introduced that fact. Plants the Earth's real no, there, super. No, there, it, it was the correct answer is false, right. but it's just the reason why. So if you said false, that is an incorrect answer for the scorekeeping. Um, just for our listener, our, our viewers here, Chase is uh, is uh, traveling right now, but it is because he ha he had a heart out, but he's doing us a solid by staying on the stream for us as long as he can. We appreciate that. So uh, just let us know, uh, Chase, any updates that you might have, okay? And uh, go ahead with the next question. All right. Uh, next question is nine in the round. The episode uh, that inspired this one is Triviality, Criminal Intent. Being known mostly as the other micronation in Italy, after the Vatican, which country can lay claim to having the oldest constitution in the world? The next oldest, the United States, doesn't appear in the history books for almost two centuries. Um, yeah, I don't know. Marcus, are you feeling okay on this one, or is this one kind of out of your comfort zone here? 
I think we've well established that most of this is out of my comfort zone because I'm a I'm a, I'm a dum dum. So, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm a, I'm a little out of my depths here, but <laughs> I was trying to make a short joke because you said micronation, but uh, I can't do that to my I can't do that to my fellow short kings. <laughs> so I'm gonna tap. So your Marcus is going with Danny DeVito. Yeah. All right. So Chase Joe, Pes- uh, Joe Pesci Island. Marcus went with Danny DeVito, uh, which is not a country. Uh, but what country do you have? <laughs> I'd want to. Uh, I have right San San Marino. San Marino is correct. Yeah. Uh, written uh, approximately 200 years before the U.S. Constitution, uh, the Constitution of San Marino. It's the oldest in the world. So well done. All right. And the last question in regulation uh, is about our episode Quantum Batman. So quantum mechanics arose gradually from theories to explain observations that could not be reconciled with classical physics. One such observation came from Albert Einstein's 1905 paper on the photoelectric effect, which first identified that light had properties of what? And I'm looking for two specific answers here. What, what, why, are you, why are you doing this to me? That expression okay, well, here, says no, it all. Here, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll buy you some time. Um, I'd like to do a little reading. I, I asked... Uh, Chat, a little light reading. I, I asked Chat G, GPT to describe Quantum Batman to me, and this is what Chat GPT said. Let's just get an excerpt. Yeah, uh, Quantum Batman is a fictional version of the iconic superhero Batman. I'm, Batman's already fictional, but that exists in the realm of quantum mechanics. In this interpretation, Batman's abilities are based on the principles of quantum physics, allowing him to transcend the laws of classical physics. Quantum Batman's most notable power is his ability to exist in multiple states simultaneously, a property known as superposition. That means he can be in multiple places at once or take multiple actions simultaneously, making him an incredibly versatile and effective crime fighter. So he's actually got powers. Uh, Marcus, <laughs> did you have a guess? So he, so he's Batmite, basically. Um, <laughs> no, I don't have an answer. Chase, did you have a guess or an answer? Uh, yeah, so light is both a wave and a particle. Yep, and that's the answers we were looking for. It has uh, both the properties of a wave and of a particle. Uh, one of the, the first uh, papers to establish that um, that dynamic uh, leading uh, to quantum mechanics. So, All right, well, at the end of regulation here, uh, Marcus unfortunately didn't get any points in that second half of the round, but he performed valiantly. He's going to end with 95 points going into the final round. Chase picking up 40 points, having missed the, uh, the true or false there. So Chase will be at 215 going into the final round. Jay? Uh, Chad has some opinions about those last five questions bringing Marcus on because Marcus does a sports trivia podcast and you hit him with nothing but science questions. I thought Matt was going to write more sports questions. That's his deal. So um, hashtag blame Matt. Uh, uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, as far as uh, the leaderboard on my end goes, Moody Blues with 230 points going into the final five. No better social distancing holding uh, serve there at 220. Chaos toast. Uh, taking the third place position over habitually truant 190 to 160 uh, as we move into the final round. All right. We will uh, now give you your final round categories. Um, You, our players, Marcus and Chase, will uh, issue your wagers uh, now. At home, you will get the wager prompt with the question. So you're going to have a little leg up and that you'll be able to see the question and wager with it. Um, But your categories are Ken Stradamus, Snack Time, Bonus, Seinfeld, Show Me That Lizard, and Making You Have Fun with Steven Spielberg, which I think was like our second episode. Or... No, it, uh, was it was early. It was early. It was early. There's a photo of a very young Neil with Steven Spielberg for that one. That's right. So, gentlemen, if you could please uh, text us your wagers if possible. 
and uh, we will begin reading the questions. All right. Uh, question number one, Ken Stradamus. Predictions through science have arguably been more accurate than those of Nostr Nostradamus. One famous example is the prediction of the existence of what planet before its discovery through mathematical modeling based on Newton's law of gravity. Question number two, snack time. This one's from Matt. It turns out that the man on the Pringles can has a name. He shares this name with a famous doctor of sorts and a delicious drink that you can get at the food court. All right. Question three is going to be in bonus Seinfeld. The reason I picked this one is we have bonus episodes. So if you haven't heard our show before, you can find special categories like Seinfeld or other TV shows and fun little games there. In the Seinfeld episode, The Library, Jerry has Lieutenant Joe Bookman from the New York Public Library on his tail for an outstanding find from a 1971 book that he checked out. That controversial book is by Henry Miller, uh, and that, despite its title, was not about the most northerly circle of latitude on Earth at which the sun can be directly overheard. What is the name of that book? Overhead. Overhead. Thank you. <laughs> not overheard. <laughs> All right. We've got question four here. Category, show me that lizard. Being known for the ability to run on two legs and reaching speeds of up to 15 miles an hour, which lizard is also known as the Jesus Christ lizard for its ability to run across water at short distances? It shares a name in common with a European mythological creature known for being a serpent king. All right. And the fifth category and final category, making you have fun with Steven Spielberg. Falsely seen as a perennial shoe-in at the Oscars, Steven Spielberg has only <laughs> won three Oscars out of 22 total nominations. Two of those are for directing Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan. The Beard would have to win two more times to tie what man who holds the record for most Oscar wins for directing and loves to frame a horizon. All right, so those are the questions. Uh, it looks like uh, Marcus has wagered an Oakland 5 on each one of these questions. Chase has done 15 on everything except for Seinfeld um, because he hasn't seen an episode is what he, what he texted us. So let's go back to question one, and you at home will be able to see that question as I read it a second time. Question one, Ken Stradamus. Predictions through science have arguably been more accurate than those of Nostradamus. One famous example is the prediction of the existence of what planet before its discovery through mathematical modeling based on Newton's law of gravity. Now Jay will let us know when the at-home answers are in. They are in. And we will be getting our answer from Marcus. I had no idea. Um, Luckily you have a limit of planets. <laughs> right. Um, and so I went with my uh, favorite one, Uranus. <laughs> okay. Chase, any idea? Yeah, so I eliminated Pluto because I don't think that anyone really predicted that. But I think we're between either Uranus or, or Neptune. I went with Neptune. And uh, the correct answer for you guys and those at home is Neptune. So good job, Chase. All right, number two, snack time. It turns out the man on the Pringles can has a name. He shares this name with a famous doctor of sorts and a delicious drink you can get at the food court. And Jay, we have the thumbs up from Jay. Marcus, what did you have for this one for five points? Uh, I said pepper. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Pepper. And uh, uh, Chase, what did you have? 
Mr. Dr. Pepper. I have no idea what doctor you're talking about, but it's definitely uh, Orange Julius was the drink, so this was Julius Sprinkles. All right. Uh, I can speak for Matt in saying that this is a Simpsons re reference because I'm sure it's Dr. Julius Hibbert and uh, Orange Julius, so it is Julius. Or the basketball player. Dr. J. Yep. Uh, all right. Number three, bonus Seinfeld. In the Seinfeld episode, The Library, Jerry has Lieutenant Joe Bookman from the New York Public Library on his tail for an outstanding fine from 1971 from checking out what then controversial book by Henry Miller that despite its title was not about the most northerly circle of latitude on Earth at which the sun can be directly overhead. Let's go to Marcus. I had no answer. I have no idea. All right, so but uh, again, I tried really, really hard. We know you did. <laughs> we just love your company here, though. So, so Mark is going to lose five points on that question. Jay, are we okay on everyone else? Uh, great. Uh, Chase, what do you got? Uh, this is either Tropic of Cancer or Tropic of Capricorn, and I cannot remember which one is which. I think they're in alphabetical order from North to South, so I said Tropic of Cancer. And even though you didn't get any points, you are 100% correct. Tropic of Cancer. Yeah, they are, in fact, in alphabetical order north to south. That's the, uh, the mnemonic I use to not get them screwed up all the time when I'm writing about them. Good to know. I will now remember that. <laughs> all right, question number four. Show me that lizard. Being known for the ability to run on two legs and reaching speeds of 15 miles an hour, which lizard is known as the Jesus Christ lizard for its ability to run across water for short distances? Shares a name in common with a European mythological creature known for being a serpent king. I believe it might also be a D&D uh, monster in the monster manual, but uh, that I didn't double check. All right, what, what do we have for I our... I can either confirm or deny, but the, uh, the owner of Critical Grind is jumping up and down in the background at mention of it. So I think you might be on the right track there. <laughs> All right, Marcus, what did you have? I locked in with Basilisks. And Chase. I said that this was a basilisk. Yes, these are basilisk lizards. Um, yeah, they come uh, from the name uh, meaning tiny king uh, from the Greek, I found out. so. And our final question, so excited to get here. Uh, you got a little bit of help if you saw the Fablemans from this past year, nominated for Best Picture. Uh, falsely seen as a perennial shoe-in at the Oscars, Steven Spielberg has only won two, excuse me, has only won three Oscars out of 22 total tom nominations. Two of those are for directing Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan. The Beard would have to win two more times to tie what man who holds the record for most Oscar wins for directing and loves to frame a horizon. And uh, this one, as I said, if you saw The Fablemans, you got a little bit of a clue there. Uh, it's a great story that's included in the movie. Uh, this director is someone that Steven Spielberg met when he was uh, only about 17 years old and uh, basically told him, don't go into the movie business. Uh, he did anyway, and uh, who knows where he's going to be now, uh, Spielberg. He's still an indie director, so... Uh, yeah, maybe one day he'll break out into the mainstream. Exactly. So uh, so basically, this question, uh, if anyone wants to talk about it in the chat, he won three Oscars total, two for directing, as I said, Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan. The third Oscar was for producing Schindler's List, which won Best Picture. So that's where his third comes from. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, go to Marcus. Yeah, Marcus. Uh, I had no idea. I discussed earlier my uh, not paying attention to directors as much as I should. Um, so I locked in with Coppola. Okay, and moving on to Chase. Uh, I had kind of kicked Coppola around as well, but I think this is Stanley Kubrick. Oh, it is not Stanley Kubrick. Uh, great Only guess, Oscar though. he won was for um, visual effects. Right? Visual effects, right? He's never won a directing Oscar, uh, nor has Alfred Hitchcock. No, this is John Ford. 
Uh, John Ford won Oscars for The Informer, The Grapes of Wrath, How Green Was My Valley, and The Quiet Man. So John Ford, if you saw The Fablemans, is the famous director Steven Spielberg meets and sort of inspires him to continue uh, his movie-making career. So, so John Ford had four, is that correct? He had four Oscars, that's ah, correct. So the question was written slightly incorrectly. Uh, he'd have to win two more times. To oh, tie. I'm sorry. To tie. You're yeah. talking about for director. Yeah, Never for mind. director. Apologies. Yeah, don't come at me, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> So uh, the score is here. Uh, Chase, it looks like you picked up 30 points in the final round, uh, bringing your total today to 245, which is going to make you today's cream of the crop. And Marcus, um, you only lost 15 points, uh, which is totally great. You still have 80 points, which is a respectable score. But today's cream of the crop is Chase. And uh, Chase, congratulations. And Jay, uh, what do we have for the listeners at home? Uh, what do we have for a score there? Uh, I have s'mores toast with bananas on it, courtesy of Critical Grind Cafe mm, for lunch. But nice. as far as the players at home are concerned, Moody Blues ended up going uh, pretty much wire to wire on this one, finishing with a grand total of 350 points. Now, it should be noted uh, for Marcus and Chase and the listeners uh, that due to the limitations of the platform that I use, uh, teams were allowed to bet on their confidence of the question in the final round as opposed to their confidence on the category. So they did have some insider knowledge on that. Uh, no better social distancing than the Atlantic Ocean ends up finishing in the silver spot at 310. And Chaos Toast uh, and Habitually Truant ended up tying on my leaderboard for third at 250 points each. Well done to all all those teams and our uh, players who joined us today we'll, we'll uh, say goodbye to chase first because i know he's up against the deadline here we appreciate you hanging in with us though chase yeah thank you guys a ton for having me sorry for the uh the audio issues at the end oh, uh, we're on our way right. to the baby shower right now yeah <laughs> um and uh but uh, yeah this is a lot of fun uh thank you uh, jay for hosting this and to the guys for all the questions um yeah, this is a great time. Yeah, congratulations again to you. And uh, yeah, no worries about the traveling. You let us know you had a deadline, and we appreciate you uh, surpassing that deadline to stay with us. Oh, no doubt. Thank you again for that. And uh, congratulations once more from all of us here. Uh, and if you need any name suggestions, uh, please let us know. We'll, we'll give you some. But, I'm voting uh, babyality. Yeah, feel free, to, <laughs> feel free to bounce, Chase, and we'll continue without you. But we love having you on the show. We appreciate it. Congratulations again. Have a wonderful uh, afternoon. And uh, secret congratulations to Marcus. Um, turns out that there was an error uh, processing the deed transfer, so you were not going to be homeless uh, following today's episode. So <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, Marcus, uh, why don't you tell people that podcast you're a part of, because it's a fun podcast. It is sports-centric, but for anyone looking to bone up on their, uh, pun intended actually for the bone doctor, but bone up on their sports knowledge for trivia, where can they find you? You can find us. We are the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. There are eight of us, and we, yeah, it's all sports uh, trivia. So if you're into that or you want to learn more, uh, you know, we're got to get up to all sorts of shenanigans over there. It's Benchwarmers TP on all socials, and uh, we would love to have you come listen, and you can hear me sound a lot smarter, even though it's sports, so... Not really, but I would I would appreciate that. Well, but thank you guys for having me, uh, Jay. Thank you for allowing me to be on. Uh, last time I saw all of you was almost three years ago to the day yeah. in Chicago. Mm -hmm. It's been it's been a long time, so I'm I'm looking forward to one day, hopefully soon, coming out and seeing you all again in person. We'll make it. We happen. would love that. And uh, thanks again to Jay for uh, for having us on the uh, the stream, and we appreciate being part of this. It's such a such a blast to do anything with you, really. Oh, the pleasure is as always absolutely mine. Uh, I tell people this all the time, but I feel like you're you're my little my little 
nibblings in uh, the trivia space because I will always take ownership of you, even though you have far surpassed me. But uh, uh, tell Matt that he is my least favorite stepchild for moving away and not being on the recording. He knows what he did. Fair enough. Uh, sincerely, thank you, uh, Ken and and uh, Jeff and Neil for for taking the opportunity, moving around your schedule to be able to take uh, take part in this. Uh, the folks here at Critical Grind are incredibly indebted to you. Uh, if people uh, listening do want to continue uh, supporting the Critical Grind Cafe, it is located in Shorewood, Illinois, criticalgrind.com. Uh, if you're in the Chicagoland area, and I know a lot of the listener base is, uh, come check it out. They have over 600 board games, fantastic food and drink offerings. Uh, it is the most chill vibe, affirming, friendly location that I think I have ever set foot in, and it has been a privilege uh, to put this event together for them. So thank you again, gentlemen, for, uh, for the small part that you played in it. Yeah, and, and thank you Our so pleasure. much to uh, Dana and Sean uh, for allowing us to just be a part of this special day uh, and to everyone uh, there in person and also everyone uh, playing at home, listening, everyone in the chat. We couldn't see the chat uh, from our end, but we just know that um, it was not uh, bashing Jay on anything of true or false questions, all that good stuff. Hopefully it was all compliments. That's all we all we want is just compliments to Jay. Yeah, as far as you know, it was nothing but complimentary comments. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, thank you so much. Uh, and of course, as we said, for being uh, Patreon supporters, uh, you can join us over there at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. And we do want to give a big shout out to our, our new network, Airwave Media. You can go to airwavemedia.com and uh, just find a bunch of great new shows if you're looking for some uh, some new podcasts, especially ones that are historical-based, trivia-based. Like uh, this one right here. Bro history. Bro history. There you go. Uh, or for, for Chase even, baby-led weaning. Uh, made easy uh, with Kate uh, Ferraro. So if maybe not specifically for Chase. Maybe not specifically for Chase. No. Well, maybe you could recommend. I, I think it. he would. He would want to participate in the support and process. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I do want to say, like a good guy. we got a wonderful email from a listener um, over on uh, Patreon saying that they checked out the Labors of Hercule, um, the Hercule Poirot podcast. So great that they checked it out, and it, it was a fun time. So go to airwavemedia.com to to get all of that stuff. Uh, and uh, just one more quick thing, too. Uh, we said that there's a survey that you guys can check out for Airwave Media. Uh, it's at surveymonkey.com slash r slash airwave. Uh, it's going to be in the show notes. Jeff will put it in there for you. So if you have a minute, fill out that survey. It's just going to help us. It's going to help us get new sponsors that will fit you and all of our wonderful listeners uh, better than just random ones in there. So we want to know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like. So that way the sponsors can fit your personality. Yes, indeed. And you can uh, find that questionnaire at surveymonkey.com slash r slash airwave. Just takes a few minutes and the uh, feedback will really help us uh, get get the sponsors down to stuff that really interests you. That's right. Uh, and uh, we just want to say one more time, a huge thank you to Jay uh, and the Liquid Courage team um, just for everything. You had to get it in there, didn't you? I had to do it, yeah. Just for everything that you do, uh, there wouldn't be triviality without Liquid Courage. So thank you very much. Uh, thank you to Marcus, uh, our uh, former Geek Bowl teammate, uh, for joining us today. Chase for joining us on a very stressful day, but hopefully a, an enriching one. Uh, and to everyone listening at home uh, for the podcast, listening, playing at TrivNow for Jeff, Matt, Ken, Marcus, Jay, and Chase. My name is Neil, and that was Triviality. Triviality.